take your copy of God's Word, take your Bible app, and be making your way over to the book of Matthew, the book of Matthew, the first gospel in the New Testament. And as you're turning there this morning, I want to ask you a question. In your life right now, what are you looking for? In your life right now, what are you looking for? I believe that we've all come here this morning and we're looking for something. Now, what that something is may be different for each and every person. If we were to go down the, 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 the chairs, if we were to go down the aisles and we were to ask you what that might be, I, I bet we might be surprised by what some of those answers are. I began to think what some of them may be. Maybe some of you have come here this morning and you're looking for hope. Others of you may have come and you're looking for security, love, clarity, purpose, healing, guidance, wisdom, understanding, and answers. I don't know what you're looking for right now, but my prayer is this morning as we dive into God's Word for this hour, for a message such as this, to ask the question, what are we seeking, what are we looking for? Before we dive into Matthew's account of the Resurrection Sunday, I simply want to remind you a little bit about Matthew. Matthew was writing to a Jewish audience. He was one of them. He was a tax collector turned disciple. How many of you like the tax man in 2022? Right? So just like we don't like the tax man now, they didn't like the tax collectors then. But as Jesus was going along the way, he saw Matthew and he called him and he said, come and follow me. One of the things that I enjoy as I, as I study, as I read, is I try to understand a little bit more about who God is and, and what He wants me to say at times like this. I'm thankful for tools and resources I have. I'm thankful for His Spirit. I'm thankful for His Word. I'm also thankful for like my Life Application Study Bible. And as I was reading back over just who Matthew is writing to, who the audience is, because see, we forget. We try to Americanize everything, and we can't. We need to know what was the tenor and the tone, who he was writing to, whose audience was, because so, he doesn't have to, there's a shorthand. He doesn't have to ha say certain things because his audience understood what was happening. But one thing I found that was interesting, and I think it's fitting for today, is that my Life Application Study Bible mentioned that there's a key verse in Matthew. Each chapter of the Bible, it always tries to pinpoint a key verse. And listen to the key verse in Matthew's Gospel. Matthew 5, verse 17, Jesus said these words, do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And this Resurrection Sunday, I hope that you see the mission that Jesus was on and that he did come to fulfill what was set out for him to do. Turn your attention with me now to Matthew's Gospel, the 28th chapter, starting in verse 1 through 10. You'll find these similar words follow along. Under the heading of the resurrection. Now, after the Sabbath, 
Towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back to the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for the fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee, and there you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell the, his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. May the Lord bless the preaching and teaching of his word. Let's go through this story. So just to remind you of where we are, we, we find ourselves on Resurrection Sunday that all that Jesus has said, all that Jesus has done, the Holy Week, the Passion Week, He has gone through all of that. He has been put on the cross. He's been crucified. He died. He was buried. And now here the scene is set for us here on Resurrection Sunday. Look with me in verse 1. Now after the Sabbath, towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. So first and foremost, kind of the the four key thoughts that I want you to see, we see the first one here in verse 1. We see that there was an agenda. There was an agenda, not a political agenda, but there was an agenda. There was something on their to-do list that they had to do. We see in, in the text that it says, after the Sabbath towards the dawn of the first day of the week. That was Sunday. See, we typically think in our world today that Monday is the first day of the week, but Sunday was the first day of the week. And so here we see Mary Magdalene and other Mary, they went to the tomb. So in their mind's eye, as as Scripture tells us, that they they purchased the, the spices. They purchased, in essence, the embalming fluid. They didn't have that in their day. And so they, they purchased the spices, and they're headed to go to the tomb. They expected for Jesus to be there. Now, now what's interesting about this story is, I want you to see something. First and foremost, as, as we think about their agenda it, it, we, and their plan, their to-do list, it cost them something. You see, they had to purchase the spices. They had to purchase those things to go and, and to put over the, the, Jesus' body because that's what they did in this day to, to cover up the, the smell, to cover up the stench. They would lay these spices and these fragrances over him. And that was the burial ritual. So it cost them something. They had to purchase the spicing. Then also it cost them their plans and their time. See, Jesus is, is laid in the ground. He's laid in the tomb. And so they go in obedience thinking that they're going to find Jesus in the tomb. Now what's interesting too about this verse is we see this Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. We're not really sure who the other Mary might be. Mary Magdalene, one thing I want to remind you of is this, that this Mary Magdalene is the same Mary Magdalene that Jesus had cast seven demons out of. 
And what's also interesting about this is, see, we, we, we forget as we study Scripture that we can't just study it in the hearing now. We have to lean back and say, okay, who was it written to and what was going on? And first and foremost, this is a radical story on Resurrection Sunday because as we see later, they have a job, they have a purpose, and that purpose is that they're going to carry the message of the risen Savior. But what's very fascinating about it is this, they're women. And in Jesus' day, in Jesus' time, women were not reliable sources. They were, they were not trustworthy. They were not to be depended on in that way. And so can I remind you ladies in here this morning that God has a message for you to carry to someone too? That women, you, we live in a world that where we try to minimize certain people in certain groups and women are included in that. And I just want to simply, I've simply stopped by to remind you as we look at the text that we all have a role to play in God's greater plan. Women included. And so I I also want to remind you, look, that God uses the unlikeliest of people to spread his message. Who are we to say who God can use? We're not. Right, there's nobody. I believe in my heart of hearts and and what I've studied in Scripture and what the Lord has taught me is this, that there is no one that is too far gone that cannot be saved by the mighty hand of God. They just simply have to repent of their sins, to repent of their ways and doing it their way and, 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 and their strength, and they have to turn to him and look at the finished cross, but ultimately the empty tomb where he conquered death. So who are we to say who God can use? Look with me at verse 2. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. What's interesting here, if you'll notice, and behold, there was a great earthquake. Now, I want you to think about recently. We live in South Carolina. We live on a fault line. And there have been some minor earthquakes in recent days. And social media will light up and say, oh, I felt it. And I felt it as far away to here and as far away from there. And so what's interesting is, as I was reading this text, one of the first things that the Lord showed me was there was an earthquake. And I thought, wait a second, wasn't there an earthquake on the cross? Sure enough, look back with me if you have your Bible open. Look back in the, in the previous chapter in Matthew 27. Look with me in verse 51. And behold, this is Jesus. He cries out his spirit. He yields his spirit. Jesus gave up his spirit. In verse 51, and behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. Look, at me, look with me in verse 54. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what had took place, they were filled with awe and said, truly, this was the Son of God. This is two earthquakes in in essence two days. You think people that maybe didn't know about Jesus, you think they felt something? Absolutely. That the earth shook. Then we see here that the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and he came and rolled back the stone. Listen, as Mary Magdalene and Mary went to the tomb, they went prepared, they they had a purpose, but they had a problem. There was a stone that they couldn't get to Jesus. And so I want to remind you this morning, just like like Mary Magdalene 
and the other Mary, they, they were prepared. There, there was a purpose set before them, and they went anyway in obedience. There was a problem. There was an obstacle that lied before them, but God took care of it. Amen? And so in our lives, there were going to be times when there are obstacles that lie before us that we do not feel that we, why are we going? I'm wasting my time. That mountain is too big. That stone is too big. I can't move it. It's not yours to move. Trust the Lord that he will roll the stone away. Also, don't miss this picture here. The angel of the Lord descends not to roll the stone away, not so that Jesus can get out, but so they can get in. Not so that Jesus could get out, but so they could get in. And then he sat on it. Look in verse 3. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. Verse 4. And the fear of him, for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. Well, you, you get the picture of what's going on here? So not only was there an agenda, Mary Magdalene and Mary, they, there was an agenda. There was something for them to do on their to-do list. But secondly, as they get to the tomb, God got their attention. God got their attention. Look with me in verse 5. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. Notice here, he said to the women, not to the guards, because the angel of the Lord came that day and he had a message for the ladies. He had a message for Mary Magdalene and for Mary. He didn't have a message for the guards. But the Lord got their attention. There the angel of the Lord says, Do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus. Listen, friends, God knows what you are seeking without you saying it. I mean, Scripture tells us, Jeremiah tells us in in Jeremiah 17, verse 10, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruits of his deed. God knows what you're seeking without you saying it. And I'll go a step further this morning, and I'll submit to you that in life, sometimes there are people around us that they know what you're seeking as well. You don't have to say it. They know what you're seeking. I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. Now let's stop right there for a minute. That in a in nutshell is, I know who you seek. So this morning, what are you seeking? But also, Jesus who was crucified. Can I, can I just take a pause here for a minute to remind you that as Jesus came to earth, he was born as a babe in a lowly manger, probably in a cave, Right? In a dirt, even the song we sang this morning, in a dirt place, not in pomp and circumstance, but in a lowly area, came there amongst the, 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 where the, the animals were feeding. That's where our Savior comes. He, he grows as a child. He becomes a man one, with one mission. And that mission was to teach us of who Jesus was, to reflect his Father, to glorify his Father here on earth. He was to go to the cross, but here's the thing I want to remind you, and I wish we had one in here like in in the sanctuary. Uh, The cross, we look at it today and we say, oh, the beautiful cross. It is beautiful. Very beautiful. It's through the cross that our sins are forgiven and we're made whole. 
But can I remind you this morning that the cross in Jesus' day was an emblem of suffering and shame. See, that's what Jesus does. He takes things that are shameful, that are dirty, that are broken, and he makes them whole and he makes them beautiful. He can do that with the cross and he can do that with each and every one of us if we will allow him. But you see, Jesus came, and so what we forget is that Jesus was beaten. And here's the thing about if you study, and you can go back and read people who aren't uh, biblical scholars or scholars of that day, but as we know what we know about the cross, most people never even made it to the cross because they didn't make it past the beating. They didn't make it past being beat. Now listen, I think my generation, they could have afforded to been beat a little bit more. Amen? I mean, some of y'all in here, y'all were taken to the woodshed, and my kids are like, what's a woodshed? I was taken to the principal's office, and that forever changed my life because I was a little smart aleck, and I'll never forget the day I got paddled, and it changed my life, amen, because the principal did something my parents wouldn't do. But as we think about Jesus, as we think about him being beaten, the thing that I want to remind you as I've studied this, as I've written papers about it in school, and I'm so thankful that I have a clear picture, and I want to hopefully give that to you this morning. As we think about Jesus being beaten, it wasn't just some beating as you think of a beating. But he was beaten with a cat of nine tails. What is that? It's a whip that has multiple strands, and, and they would tie shards of bone and shards of rock on there. And so when they would whip Jesus, in essence, it would wrap around his body. And when they did, they would pull it back. And as they did, it literally ripped the skin right off of his body. Do you get the picture of what Jesus went through? That most people never made it past the beating to make it to the cross, but Jesus had a mission, and that was to redeem us on the cross. Goes to the cross, he dies, he gives up his spirit. We see it there, it's a beautiful picture. As they pierce his side, two things come out, water and blood. To me, not I don't know if I can biblically prove this, but to me it's a beautiful picture of the two ordinances that he left the church. What is that? That There's baptism, water, that we're regenerated through the washing of water. We're, we're uh, buried with Christ and raised in newness in life. That's what baptism is about. That blood that came out of his side, what do we do when we take communion? You take this in remembrance of me. This was my blood that was shed for you right so he died he medically that in itself when they stabbed his side and those two things come out medically you can prove without a shadow of a doubt that he was dead by what we see of what came out verse 7 look with me at verse 7 then go quickly and tell the disciples that he is risen from the dead. So not only was there an agenda, not only did the angel of the Lord have their attention, but now they're given their assignment. The angel of the Lord says, then go what? Quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee, and there you will see him, see that I have told you. Go and tell You see, friends, what we seek sets our agenda and gets our attention. What you seek, you will find. How many of you in here can complete this sentence? If you, Your mom might have told you this, or you might have told your children this. If you go looking for trouble, you'll find it. What you seek, you find. If you go looking for treasure, 
you may very well find some treasure. But friends, saints of the Lord, if we go looking for opportunities to serve, there are opportunities to serve. If we go and we leave this place, and this is my prayer for us this morning, as we leave here, that we would go looking to love others like Jesus. Can I remind you this morning that there will be opportunities that you will find to love like Jesus. If you leave here this morning looking to be a blessing, the Lord will give you an opportunity to be a blessing. I think about Jeremiah again, and, and we think about Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, right? I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you. Right? We take that. We, this has been our like Christian, uh, you know, quote of the day or whatever. We keep on so many things, and has been taken out of context. But what's interesting is, is we keep going in verse thirteen. What do we see? Jeremiah tells us, "You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart." Matthew, earlier in his gospel, in chapter 6, verse 33, says what? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all this will be added unto you. Friends, can I remind you this morning that before we seek anything else, we must seek Jesus. That he helps put everything into perspective. Look with me in verse 9. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Listen, when we go and we respond in obedience, Jesus meets us there. Jesus meets us there. So not only was there an agenda, not only did the angel of the Lord have their attention, they were given their assignment, then Jesus meets them along the way. He says, greetings, or, or as King James says, all hail, or in essence, rejoice, to, to be well. And then look at the beautiful picture. And, and they came up and took hold of the feet of Jesus, took hold of his feet and worshiped him. This was a bodily resurrection. This was not a figment of their imagination. This was no ghost. This was a bodily resurrection that they took hold of the feet of Jesus. What a beautiful picture. Can you imagine there as they took hold of his feet, those nail-pierced feet of Jesus, they were able to take hold of it. So not only was there an agenda, they had their attention, they were given their assignment, and now they were given assurance. Now they were given insurance. What do we see, too? That they worshipped him. That is the ultimate goal of what we're to do. That we're to worship Jesus. Look at verse 10. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there you will see me. Do not be afraid. Go and tell. Friends, when we experience Jesus, we're not to stay put, but we're called to go and to tell. We're called to go and to tell. I want to ask you this morning, what are you seeking? What are you looking for? And I've stopped by to remind you that whenever we seek fame or fortune, we get what fame and fortune can offer us. The world around us, they're looking for fame and they're looking for fortune. Most things that most people are looking for fall within those two categories. They're looking to be known 
And they're looking to have. But when we seek fame and fortune, we get what fame and fortune can offer us. What can they offer us? They offer us loneliness, tiredness, and emptiness. Can I remind you this morning, if you seek fame and fortune, you'll never get enough. You can never be famous enough, never be known enough. You can never have enough. Your bank account can never be big enough. What are you seeking? Hey, listen. Old Dave Ramsey says, what? We buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. Chew on that. You you, you got this nest egg of money that you're leaving behind you. What's going to happen to that? Your your kids are just going to get it. They're going to squander it. And what are they going to have to show for it? Nothing. So I want to remind you this morning, the Lord has made a deposit within each and every one of us who know Him, and we're called to go and to tell. We're we're called to be salt, to be light of the earth. We're we're called to come along other brothers and sisters in Christ and encourage them, to, to, to comfort them as God has comforted us, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians. So I, I very quickly, on those, those four points that I mentioned to you this morning, I want to ask you a few questions. Agenda. What's on your agenda? What's on your calendar gets done? Are you carving out time in your day to meet with Jesus? Are you carving out time to worship Him? If you're not, let's talk. There are countless devotionals. There's apps. There's this one site. It's called Wisdom Hunters. The thing I love about it is they have a daily devotional. There's like a tweetable thing at the bottom. But there's usually always a worship video. Worship music is a part of worship, of just being still, of allowing the Lord to speak to you and also to listen. So what's on your agenda? Let me ask you about our attention. Oftentimes, think about this, oftentimes the Lord speaks to us in a still, small voice. And other times, as we see in the text this morning, he has to shake the earth or he has to put things and to stop us in our tracks. What has your attention right now? Is it something to do with your health? Is it a relationship? Is it your finances? Those things could be in your path to remind you that you in your strength, you in your bank account cannot accomplish what Jesus did. Only Jesus can do. Because we can never be good. You say, oh, well, he was a good man. She was a good woman. That does not mean that they're going to heaven. It is only by the shed blood of Jesus Christ and Christ alone of which we can enter heaven. It's repenting of our sins and being like I was 10 years ago and coming to the end of ourselves and saying, God, I can't do it without you. I need your help. I need you to do this because I can't. It's surrendering our will. It's an about face. For those of you that know about the citadel, what is an about face? An about face is what? You turn and you're going in the opposite direction. So often you hear about people in their walk with Jesus say, oh, I go to church, I walk with Jesus. Really? Because if I look at your lifestyle, if I look at what you do, I can't tell. When we've been with Jesus, we should look different. Are you different this Easter than you were last? Are you different this Sunday than you were last? We must seek 
Jesus. Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek Jesus. Friends, we've talked about our agenda. We've talked about our attention. What about our assignment? Can I remind you this morning that our assignment is so simple? It is so simple. Go and tell. Now I'm going to get in some step on some toes or get in some deep water. But here, here's what I want to remind you. Now, some of y'all I don't get to see very often. Some of other people are here every week, and you're like, you probably can complete this next sentence. Yay, it stuck. It, it, it took. Here's the deal. I believe wholeheartedly as I've followed Jesus for the last 10 years. I've made a lot of mistakes, still make mistakes every day. He reminds me of how, more, how much more I need to look like him. But the thing I can tell you after bending, after having been in multiple churches over the last over the last decade is this that we've replaced our going with coming. These four walls are a tool to be used by Jesus so that he can be glorified, so that you can be loved, encouraged, be spurred on, be taught his word. But listen, at the end of the day, we're to go. At the end of your life, think about your life right now, and if some of you have been in church your whole life, at the end of your life, what's had more impact on you? This building, that church across the street, or was it the people that were in that church? And I would submit to you it's the people. So, we're, yeah, we're to come, but our coming is not to replace our going. When we all get up here in just a few minutes and, and we have this beautiful song that we want to share with you, and we're going to pray and we're going to leave, and when we leave and we walk through those doors, and we enter, that's where we enter our mission field. Our mission field is our own dot, our address, where we live, where our family resides, where we work. You know, the Scripture says, who's my neighbor? We try to get out of loving our neighbor. Who's our neighbor? Everybody's your neighbor. Whoever you meet is your neighbor. We're to love them like Jesus loves us. Our assignment is simple. Some of you may have come here this morning and maybe you need some assurance. Maybe you need the peace and the presence of Jesus to assure you. And the only way you're going to get that is by finding a way into his presence. By being still. Being quiet listening for that still small voice you know throughout the week for me twitter is an encouragement like facebook it's all right but i really come to love twitter recently hey if you go looking for discouragement if you go looking for evil what we say if you go looking for evil you'll find it and i dig through that but i'm thankful for people like this next guy i'm going to share this quote from from shane pruitt He's a pastor. He's also the national next-gen director at NAM, which what is NAM? NAM is the North American Mission Board. It's a Baptist church. We cooperate with other Baptist churches. We give so the gospel can go to be claimed, proclaimed to the uttermost parts of the world. Listen to what Shane Pruitt had to say. Anyone can say that Christ is risen on Easter weekend, but do you live like Christ is risen all week long? That is what will show the world that the resurrection is real. Friends, the world more than ever, as we've gone through our series of the marks of a true believer, they're what? They're looking for genuine love, and they're looking for genuine believers. Speaking of that, I want to remind you next Sunday morning, I want you to come back and join us as we talk about living in light of Easter. 
Like Easter is going to be gone. As soon as we say amen, Easter Sunday is gone as far as church is concerned. But what about next week? What about next month? What about next year? I hope you'll come and join us as we talk about and we look and, and dive into the notion of living in the light of Easter. Pray for me. Pray for Austin as we talk about that this week and we wrestle with what the Lord would have us to say. Can I just remind you, and I've reminded some of you, but I'm going to remind you again because it's on rinse and repeat in my mind. Maybe we just need to be like Peter, and as he's testifying there, and he says what? For we cannot but speak of what we've seen and heard. What did, what did Jesus tell? What did, the, what did the angel of the Lord, what did Jesus tell Mary and Magdalene and the other Mary? Do what? Go and tell. We guys have to go when we leave here and be like Peter, be like Mary, and we have to go and share what we've seen and heard and tie it back to Scripture. I'm going to leave you with Jesus' final words, and what did Jesus say? Jesus said, do not be afraid, go and tell. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. Lord, I thank you that in this beautiful picture of Scripture this morning, Lord, that you remind us that you can use anybody for your glory. Lord, that, that, that Mary Magdalene, whom you redeemed seven demons from, Lord, she was the one to carry the resurrection message to the disciples, so much so when she got to them that they didn't believe. But they said, let me go see, and they ran to see for themselves. And so, Father, I pray that we would be like Mary Magdalene and Mary, that we would just leave here this morning with the reminder that you've called us to go and tell. Doesn't, we can't make anybody believe. But, Father, help us to not be afraid. You tell us, do not be afraid. Go and tell. Father, who do we need to tell this week that you're risen, that you're alive, that in you there is hope? Father, I pray now that as we sing this last song, Lord, as we listen to this last song, Lord, help us to live out the truths of what we heard in your word today. Father, I pray if there's one here this morning that doesn't know you as their Savior, Lord, I pray they grab the hand of someone near them, a precious saint around them, me or Austin, Father, and they would not leave this place without knowing and having assurance of their salvation. They can know that. Lord, we want to show them in your word what that means. And so, Father, I pray now, Lord, that as we leave this place, Lord, it is a a celebration indeed. Through the empty grave, death has been conquered. Death was arrested and my life began. Lord, I love that song. I love those reminders. Father, help us to live as a redeemed people, making much of Jesus as we go throughout our way. Father, we ask that you guide us and direct us that your peace that surpasses all understanding would guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus as we leave this place. For it's in your son's holy and precious name I pray. Amen.